25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And you all should love us because we like to release our content every week at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we don't make you stay up until 10.30 at night to watch our content. Yes, like those disrespectful blue jackets. Speaking of disrespect, it is April 18th as we record this show, right? Mm -hmm. Snow on the ground in Grand Rapids. It rained all day today in Ohio, and it's cold. Aw. It's cold. Snow on the ground. Cold. Snow. Cold. Do you know it has to be inherently cold to snow? (laughs) Actually, I'd have to argue it's colder than it is in Ohio if it was going to snow. The science might still be out on that, but that kind of just feels like how it is. Uh, Hopefully you all are dealing with the weather much better than Laura and I am are. Words are hard. Um... Because we're not handling it well. We're not handling it well at all. And I don't know about you, but it's also that time of year where, like, everything that was frozen in the ground and everything that was, like, not giving me a hard way to go with my allergies is now, like, aggressively exerting its will. Yeah, it's like, pick one. Be cold or have allergens everywhere. We don't get – it's not fair to have both. And here we are with both very present because my throat – tickles and my nose has been stuffed for at least the last eight days yeah same we're not enjoying that but um (laughs) what we're also not enjoying is blue jackets hockey (laughs) that's not fair we are enjoying it um obviously quite the weekend the jackets are currently in the midst of a west coast swing that started on saturday night very, very late in the evening at 10.30. So late. Uh, and continued through Easter Sunday with a game at 8.30. That one was a little bit more manageable, I think, for the two of us. And they go to San Jose on Tuesday. So it's a lot of fun. It's the West Coast swing that I always tell myself I'm going to do one day. I This is a new record. Only two and a half minutes in the show before I mentioned Kelly. Um, <laughs> Kelly and I had a plan to go on a trip in... 2018, maybe 19. Um, and just life happened and we didn't, we ended up canceling it. And I think about that all the time, how much I wish that we would have made that happen because it just is the most convenient road trip. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had thought about it for this specific West coast swing back when we were young and optimistic when the schedule got first released. Um, Young and optimistic. (laughs) uh, And um, we just couldn't, we just couldn't pull it off with changing jobs and changing jobs again. And in our lives, it would have made it difficult for us to move between the two of us. It almost seems like perhaps. Yeah, uh, you know, life life things. Uh, but no, it is kind of a nice, especially how they have it set up this time where it's, you know, L.A. to Anaheim to San Jose. Like, that's just kind of a nice, a nice little jaunt um, around California. So, but maybe next year. Maybe. And this is not the first time they've done it that way. They've also did it... Um... Like that, the year that Kelly and I were going to go. And we now have two additional stops that are like are feasible and potentially being used. And that's a West Coast moment of of, um, of Vegas and Seattle. Now, I feel like those are probably separate trips. Because to me, I have to tell you that if Vegas and Arizona are on the same weekend or around the same time, that might be the trip I end up convincing us to do next year. Well, I have always wanted to go to Vegas, but I also know how desperate you are to see Arizona play in their college arena. 
Well, I'm more so desperate to see the Blue Jackets play Arizona in, in that arena. But yes, I am. I just think it's going to be such fun hockey. Like, I like it's going to be bad hockey because it's the Coyotes. But I think the atmosphere has potential to be a lot of fun, or it's going to be really pathetic because nobody came. Or it's just going to feel like we're all in a tent together. Which like, could be a really good vibe. Could you imagine, like, if we watched the Blue Jackets game in a tent full of fifth liners? Well, it, yes, I can, I can understand that. It's just, I, it's going to feel exactly like, I think, the game that we, the Ohio State hockey game that we watched this year, where it very much so felt like we were, it was intimate. Yeah, well, the thing about Ohio State, and this is, like, where I, I think I mentioned to you off of the air, just, like, I, that's why I loved going to Michigan and watching Michigan play at their arena versus how it was at the Schottenstein Center for the or for the Buckeyes because that is such a big arena. Like, it's supposed to fit, like, tens of thousands of people in it. And so there's only a select few people who are there at the game, like the Upper Bowl is not being used or what have you. So it is intimate in the number of people that are there, but it doesn't feel intimate necessarily because – you're not really closed into a tight space where like Michigan stadium or arena was very compact and it was very close. And that I think is kind of what Arizona state is going for in their barn. Cause this is being Arizona state's home, home arena. But do you we know other- max 5,000? I think. Yeah. Do you know the other thing that's weird about this whole situation? Hmm. Arizona state has scheduling dibs on this. <laughs> And Arizona State released their schedule, and I think there are only like seven or eight weekends that Arizona State is not home during the NHL season. Wow. The Coyotes are going to have to play most of their games on the weeknight at home or just fit every single one of their home games into the weekends that they don't play or Arizona State doesn't play. Couple that with the fact that, like, I guess you also have, like, winter break and stuff like that. Because, like, obviously, like, college sports doesn't take place over, like, the the Christmas holiday and stuff. So, I guess you could fit as many games as possible into that. But that's going to be, like, really tricky and kind of embarrassing that the... But also, like, for both of us having worked and still work um, on college campuses, like, just... And I, I don't know what Arizona State's parking situation is like, but... Just just having the coyotes there and like just the chaos that's going to ensue regarding parking. I mean, it might not be that bad if they don't sell a lot of tickets. <laughs> it really but I think like better. you said for this first year, it's gonna be the novelty of the fact that like they're playing in this obs- absurd space, like that they're sharing with a that a college team owns. Like it's not that they're it's not like the Coyotes are letting Arizona State use their facilities. Like right. This is the complete opposite. Would and also like, like I have questions about the ice because are are they good whose logo is going on the ice? Arizona State's like <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unless they come up with something very neutral to put at center ice, like the logo of the arena. But I mean, that doesn't make sense because it's not. Or like what if they did like the arena? They kind of split it, like it's just literally the state of Arizona. It is that square ass <laughs> state, <laughs> and that is it. Like, or just a giant question mark. Like, God, it's so bad. To, to bring this back to the Blue Jackets in a way, <laughs> and it's not really bringing it back to the Blue Jackets, but a little bit, like, how would you defend this? If if this were the Blue Jackets, how would you defend this? Like, And, and that's, like, me, like, being sincere, not, like, not a rhetorical question. Like, what would you say to people who look at this situation in Arizona and, and they think, this is embarrassing. Like, this is a bad look for the NHL. If that happened in Columbus and somebody said, what's happening in Columbus is embarrassing, this is a bad look on the NHL, how would you defend it? Oh. Right? Well, it's hard because it's it's a lot of bad decisions made in the front office 
Yeah, let me, let me say it's in no way, shape, or form like the fans' fault. Like, I think that there are a lot of really passionate fans in Arizona. Like, it's no, it's no shade to the Arizona fans. Like, I, yeah, I and it's no, it's, it's really no shade to the players either because it's not like they made any of these decisions. It's not like they're the ones that decided that they weren't going to pay their rent. Essentially, like they just show up like every day to do their jobs. Like they're not making any of these decisions um you know so it's it's kind of unfair to you know to have to defend it in that way but then it's also like how do you defend such poor decision making and such like you know like how did you let it get this out of hand like how are how is the league just now finding out that they were this far behind in paying for their space and so far behind to the point that like the people who own the arena were not willing to even negotiate because they were tired of dealing with this situation like that's such like honestly they need to kind of clean house and get new people in there that can better manage the circumstances. It's yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like if I was an like if I were an Arizona fan in this situation, like I would want them to sell the team to an owner that was going to keep them in Arizona. Like, yeah. which, which is hard. Like, because like, I mean, like if you were a business owner and you bought the Arizona Coyotes, would you not be a little nervous about keep, like track record wise? I mean, yeah, I but know. I think that this, I think any like, obviously the the a potential buyer would need to be a hockey fan because you would need to understand like the importance of having hockey in an area like Arizona because it's you know a growing the game opportunity. But like, and you would need someone with vision. Um, because I do think it's, it's a, it would be a really good opportunity to short, to, you know, shake up kind of the status quo because what they signed a, like a five-year deal with Arizona state three, three. Okay. So you've got three years to like really figure out how you're going to move forward and what you're going to do. Things look kind of promising in Tempe. Like Tempe is kind of where they've set their sights on in terms of like where where to build the new arena and like where to move not move the franchise to, but like make that the the home and the hub of the Coyotes. Mm. So that looks promising. Like it's not outside of the realm of possibility that over the course of the next three years that comes together and an arena gets built. But all I know is that I am so grateful that the McConnell family owns the Blue Jackets. Me as well. Don't they better not hurt me on that? I need I need them to hear this podcast and know that I'm I'm happy that they are the ones in charge of my my favorite franchise and in, in all sports. But speaking of our favorite franchise in all sports, thank you for entertaining me on that Arizona. Yeah, topic. I appreciate it. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, have officially been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Which, my God, did it take a long time. It really did. And I... <laughs> um, so you were just like that little annoying, a little annoying bug that you can't, like, seem yeah. to get rid of. Well, and the Blue Jackets were not, um, you know, the, the Islanders then got eliminated the next day, I think, or maybe the day after. Maybe that was yesterday that they got eliminated. It might have been yesterday. Um, and so the eight teams are set in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, picture uh yeah the jackets like you said they stuck around damn it they hung on to it for dear life and they stuck around to um just before puck drop of the 74th game of the season which is probably farther than a lot of people thought they'd make it before they were eliminated this year so um that feels like a win laura you are now in your second season of blue jackets uh post season absence how are you taking that well, I mean, I think, and we'll talk about it, obviously, when we do, like, our season overview episodes and everything, but for me, honestly, I think we've done better than I thought we were going to, and better than I think most 
analysts and critics thought the Blue Jackets were going to do. Um, I think if you asked most people, we were going to end dead last um, in the Metro and in the league in general. Um, and so, and I think we've had some really good moments. Um, and I think if you're, you know, a an optimistic hockey fan, like I think that you'll see that a lot of the bricks and the stepping stones of the future of this team have been revealed um, in this season. And, you know, yeah, does it suck that everyone, like what people are focusing on right now is it's the second year in a row that we've missed the playoffs. Um, yeah, but like we've said many a time, and I'm not naive enough to believe this, you know, even if we had made the playoffs, we weren't going to get through the first round. Like, whatever team we were going to be playing, because we would have gotten in at the very, like, very end. So we would have been playing Florida, Carolina, like, teams that we have statistically not played well against this season and teams that particularly enjoy beating the living crap out of us. Yeah. They take great pleasure in it, but yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, like, I just think it's just one of those situations where you kind of knew what the season was going to be and it ended up being better than that. And you're, you gotta be okay with that. I think if you're a blue jackets fan, but yeah, I just been looking at these standings, like the, um, the first wild card keeps going back and forth between um, basically whoever's third or fourth in the Atlantic division. And it's really interesting. Now the Capitals could catch up with the Penguins and make the Penguins a wild card team, but Boston and Tampa Bay keep flipping back and forth for that first wild card position. Those poor bastards, whoever finishes in that spot is going to have to play probably Carolina. Florida looks like it's going to – Florida's got 114 points, 10 more than Carolina right now. I mean, Florida's going to be the best team in the East for sure. And so Washington and Florida, that's going to be – I don't think that's going to go great for Washington. No, I mean, Florida has had such – an incredible season. I mean, just based on numbers alone, like Florida should make it to the end. Now, whether they do, that is up to them, but right. You know, they've had just such such an incredible season. Yeah. And It'll be exciting to see them play in the playoffs. They're going to be a really fun team to watch, I think, but uh, you know, Nevertheless, going back to – we're doing a really good job of talking about every team that's not the Columbus Blue Jackets today. Um, the Jackets, of course, you know, there's really not a ton to recap about these games. I mean, like, we can definitely talk a little bit more about Sunday's game. There's a little bit more there. But, man, that first, that game on Saturday, like, did not start great. <laughs> the Jackets gave up a goal a minute and 41 seconds into it. By the time the first period ended, they were down to nothing, and that didn't feel really great. But Sean Crowley scored pretty quick in the first or into the second period to make it a two-one game, and then um, Bupkis. Nothing else. Nothing else happened in the game. The Jackets definitely played better after that point. They're outshot twelve to three in the first period. I mean, just overall really bad times. Outshot eighteen to eleven in the second period too. I mean, not great. Um, you know, tied eight shots against in four in the third period Elvis makes 36 saves uh which is a good performance for him obviously you don't get the win but you got to be happy with that a couple of guys picked up some uh some roughing calls in this one (laughs) um which is just you know funny I know you said hey Sean's about to get a Gordy Howe and I'm like no it was roughing that's too bad like I wish it was a no that was last night I don't think it was. Well, he couldn't have had an assist on his own. No, he scored a goal on against LA. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and so 
Yeah, he and Philip Deneau kind of got into it, and then uh, Cole Cylinder and Matt Roy kind of got into it. So Cole Cylinder, that's his second or third time this season where I feel like he's gotten scrappy and gotten a roughing call, but he still hasn't been in a fight. Or maybe he was in a fight. Was he in a fight? No, I think it's all been roughing. Yeah, I don't think he's had his first NHL fight yet. That's kind of sad. I'm waiting for that to happen, but not today um, or not on Saturday. Uh, and yeah, the Blue Jackets, they get out of LA, they they go just down the road to Anaheim to play the Ducks last night, and um, it kind of felt like it was going to be a little bit more of the same after the first period. Troy Terry scored pretty quick. It really didn't feel like anybody had any desire to play defense in the first period, because <laughs> Troy Terry scored to make it one nothing pretty quick into the game. Jake Bean ties it up, and then Troy Terry scores again, and then um get uh jerry mayhew scored um to make it a 3-1 game and that's how the first period ended and at that point it didn't feel very good it felt reminiscent of of saturday and um the jackets at least to their credit did outshoot the ducks in the first period they just weren't getting the opportunities and poor poor jean francois berube <laughs> oh my goodness we yeah uh, you could, and we, we talked about this last night when we were on the phone, but just the fact that like how obvious it was that we've let Elvis play 11 games in a row to have JF Rube come out having not played since March 19th and just get murdered in the first period. Um, and not helped at all by the fact that um, Zacharinsky, uh got injured about third of the way through the first period and did not return uh, to the game, have, which caused um, the rest of our defensemen to have to take to fill a huge hole. Like for people who don't look at numbers, like Zach plays men's 30 minutes a game like he plays the most minutes out of anyone on our team well obviously with the exception of elvis who elvis or whatever goalie we have that plays the full 60 or whatever but zach plays at least half of the game every single game and some players only play like three minutes and 63 seconds so like in I don't like how I said 63 seconds. That's not possible. <laughs> like three minutes and 43 seconds. Um, and so that kind of chunk of time that you now have to disperse over your five remaining defensemen, like, is such a huge addition, especially to like your your third pairing that don't necessarily see as many minutes as your first and second pairing. Like it's just such a, to lose a defenseman is such a bigger deal than losing a forward um, just based on ice time. And so that was really um, <clears throat> a big loss for us in the first period. Well, and I, God, I, what is it about Zach's face that just attracts the puck? I don't know what this is. Like, he just is so prone to these, like, freakish, like, whether it's against Pittsburgh in the playoffs or whether it's a guy's helmet riding up and hitting him in the face in Minnesota or getting hit with a puck again. And it's just like, my God, this man can't catch a break. I got a feel for him. Like, it's nothing. What can you do? I mean, the puck is the puck. It's just going to go where it's going to go. It's just his face tends to be in the way quite a bit. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a loss. I mean, with that, every single one of the Blue Jackets defensemen whose name wasn't Zacharensky played over 20 minutes, including players like Nick Blankenberg, who's continued to look pretty good in his experience with the Blue Jackets to this point. But, yeah, I mean, this just goes to show you that when you have a guy who's playing upwards of 30 minutes a game, I mean, not only is he leading the Blue Jackets in time on ice, he's not far off from the top of the league in time on ice. Like, he's up there in the top 10, I think, for sure. He's playing a lot of hockey, and losing a guy like that down the stretch sucks. Now, do we have the guys that are currently in Columbus that are just scratched most nights that can fill in? Sure. 
Uh, if he can't go against San Jose, somebody's going to step in and it'll be fine. But, man, that sucks uh, for him. You really hope that he can finish off the season strong if possible. But, but yeah, I mean, and then the Jackets, I mean, as they typically do, I mean, Jake Bean scores his second goal of the game, roll that beautiful Bean footage, and makes it a 3-2 to two hockey game. You're like, wow, this could be something. And then Sean Corrales scores um, off of a really great play by Justin Danforth to get a stick in the passing lane and break up a pass and, and really just spring Eric Robinson on, on uh, odd man rush to, to then find Corrales to make it a three, three hockey game. Sean Corrales has got 14 goals this season, which I feel like is probably Sean Corrales to me is kind of giving you everything that you thought that maybe Riley Nash was going to give you when you signed him three years ago. Like, I feel like he has produced at, an exceptional rate. Like he is just probably the most consistent for what we need out of him player on this team. Yeah. And I think it was today. My days blur together Uh, today or yesterday. There was an article that came out that the headline was the blue jackets, fourth line, third and fourth line, like bottom six, forwards or bottom six lines are safe in the hands of Sean Corrale. Like, I think this season is showing us just like the tip of the iceberg of what we can expect out of his, out of his play. Now that he's comfortable in Columbus, he's finding his voice in the locker room. He's finding his voice out on the ice and he's seen sort of a start to finish of a, pretty normal season minus like situations with with COVID and and stuff like that but so I think we're you know we're on the precipice of really seeing Sean come into his own um with this team and I think we're going to be better off for it um because he when he's on he's on and the last since he came back I mean two goals in two games like you know, he's, and he's driven and he's driven to like, not only make himself better, but make the rest of his teammates better. Um, Cause even if he's not getting on the score sheet every night, he is making, you know, direct contact via hits. He's blocking shots. Like, you know, he's, he's trying to play that all around role. And that's definitely something that we need moving forward with, whatever Yarmo's <laughs> mystery plan is for right. rebuilding this team. Yeah. And I, I mean, like you just look at it. I mean, he's having a career year, his previous career best um, in points was 23 points in 2019, 2020. Uh, in that season, he had six goals, 17 assists, 23 points. Uh, he's got 30 points this year. He's got seven more points than ever before. He's scored six more goals already this season than he has in his best season as a pro. So, I mean, all of it's there. Now, the one place where I'll say, like, before we, like, jump too strongly on that, he's going to score 14 goals every season, which is not, like, what he needs to do. Like, I'm just, like, going to throw that out there. Like, it's not what he has to do. Um, He is shooting at 12.2%. And his previous best before that was a 6.3%. So, I mean, his shooting percentage is, like, exceptionally high. Like, so you see that in some seasons where players will just have an abnormally high shooting percentage, and that can contribute to the number of goals they score. But maybe this is kind of, like, closer to what we can expect uh, out of Sean Corrales in, in terms of his shooting percentage. But uh, the other piece of this, he's a plus two this season for the Jackets, which is incredible when you consider that the Jackets, and I know it's a stat that might not mean that much, have a goal differential of negative 37. So he has a plus two, um, all things considered, which is, I think, really cool. He obviously drives play when he's out there. He generates offense, and his line always seems to score more than they're being scored against. And uh, that is, in fact, the most important thing about uh, winning a hockey game. <laughs> so uh, we love curls on this show. Um Somebody that I personally love on the show is the person who scored the fourth goal for Anaheim, and that's Trevor Zegers, uh, his 21st goal of the season. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, he's, like, kind of good. Um, but then Cam Fowler scored, made it 5-3, to three, and it was just like, my God. And 
this all is within the first three minutes, three and a half minutes of the third period. And it's just like, God, you know, we had this. Like, we, like, we had it. You felt good about it. And then Cole Sillinger scores about seven minutes into the period, seven and a half minutes into the period, and makes it five to four. And then you've got 13-ish minutes to, to find a way for the Blue Jackets to put one behind John Gibson, who before this game was 0-10 and 3 in his last 13 starts. <laughs> Woof. Um, and that's not that, I mean, that's more of a comment to the, to the ducks than it is John Gibson. He is a really good goaltender, but, uh, they just can't get it done. They just can't get it done. And they've got pressure in on the ducks. They empty the net and Adam Boquist. Yes. Boquist. And he, oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. He he went to i'm not even sure what he was trying to do other than drop it back to a trailer like i think he thought he thought someone was behind him and there was not anyone behind him like could not have been further away from him yeah but even so that duck wasn't behind him the duck that ended up getting the puck was in front of him oh he, he got behind him pretty quick though he did. He did. He was very quick. But, and it was a, you know, mistake of not reading the play correctly. And he tries to send the puck behind him, you know, like we said, probably to a trailer or like he must have heard voices or something. But that Ducks player just swept in Elvis or not Elvis. Barube was out of the net. Yeah. And it was just, there was no stopping. Absolutely no stopping a sixth and final empty net goal for the Anaheim Ducks. And and he knew, I mean, he literally, he got off the ice and walked straight down the tunnel. Like, he just, he was not, he was not having it anymore. Yeah, not great. But... All in all, I mean, a fun game to watch. Like, it was a fun game. Like, if you stayed up for the game, you weren't disappointed in well, – I mean, you were disappointed. But you, you <laughs> appreciated the hockey that you saw, and uh, you hope that some players are able to play on Tuesday. Um, I mean, we, we don't really know anything for certain except for one thing. We know one thing for certain. That Gus Nyquist is gonna play on Tuesday. No, you're usually so good at it. That's you. That was not a really great lead-in for me. But we know one thing for certain, and it's that hockey fans, you're gonna feel the action oh. on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just one dollar on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, 21 and older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So whenever we talk about fantasy hockey on the show, we've got to talk about us and fantasy hockey you and I are in the semifinal of the Subjectively Speaking in Friends League. I'm facing Kelly because my life's a joke. Uh, and uh, you are not. And that's what matters most to me. Is that you uh, are yeah, not I was pretty, even though I'm probably not going to win either way. But I was um, pretty bummed yesterday when you kept telling me that I was going to end up playing Kelly. And... I thought you would. I really thought they were going to receive, because for everybody who's also listening at home, Laura had the best record in our league during the regular season. So she's the one. Yeah, I did. (laughs) And I won my division. So I'm the two seed. And so I thought, because it's not like predetermined brackets, like it didn't like say like how it was going to go, that it would like reshuffle to where like Laura, because she was the one seed, would play the lowest remaining seed that moved on. In this case, Kelly, who's the sixth seed. And the, um, 
Oh, I forget who you're playing. Chicken Cutlets. Oh, Chicken such a good name. Such a good name. Um, Vic had uh, was a, was the four seed, and so I thought like surely I would play the four seed and you would play the six seed because technically, although I don't think this is true, the six seed should be worse than the four seed. And so yeah, I'm playing Kelly. I'm living in constant fear of what that might mean for me because she hurt me last time we played a couple weeks ago so i'm not really looking forward to it but it is what it is um well as of right now you're winning don't say that i wasn't even gonna say it on the show because i didn't want it to be in the inner in the universe you're winning too oh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) guys if laura and i listen if laura and i play each other in the the finals. finals we can't do a show that week not a single one. We have to do a show next week. I if we play each other, it's gonna be bad content. We're gonna just shit talk each other. We can't do we can't not do shows the last week of the season. I don't know. We'll see. Um we'll just we'll have to have a moderator. <laughs> so where's Steven when you need We'll him? call Megan. Oh, Megan would probably keep us more in check than Steven would. I feel like yeah. Steven would be like a little bit more passive. I feel like Megan would tell us to shut the fuck up if she needed to. Yeah, she would. She, she, she knows those. She knows the boundaries that she needs to set. So, yeah, and I love that about her. Um, so, a little other piece of fascinating news from the Blue Jackets <laughs> weekend. What's funny? I'm sorry, I thought you were going to talk about something else. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's why I want to know, like, what you're going to talk about. Um, the Blue Jackets, of course, um, out of the playoff race. But there's almost like a little bit of like a playoff to lose more question mark. Um, the Jackets would need to drop one more spot to be draft eligible, draft lottery eligible. As of right now, they would not be eligible for the draft lottery. And uh, Anaheim, oddly enough, is the team that is the last team eligible for the draft lottery. The Jackets being the first team out. And so if Anaheim jumps over the Blue Jackets in the last couple of games of the season, uh, the Jackets could potentially get the first overall pick this year. I would lose my mind. I don't know that that's going to happen. You know that the, the luck is never usually on our side when it comes to this kind of stuff. But could you imagine? Well, what would be great is if we won the first and then Chicago ended up getting the third, which then they'd have to give to us. Yeah, I mean, could you? Yeah, that would be sh- fucking sick. I don't know if they're gonna lose enough to fall down to the third, but how freaking dope would that be? So, fingers crossed that could you, if we end up with two top five draft picks, don't come to me in the month of June. I will be feral. I will be talking about nothing but Blue Jackets potential prospects, and I will be so excited. We're gonna about have it. every prospect expert, Dylan. I hope you're ready to come back on. Um, you know, Dina, I hope you're ready to come back on about prospective players. Um, you know, we're gonna swing for the fences. We're gonna get Corey Promen on the show. We're gonna get all we're gonna get Rick Nash on the show to talk about scouting and development. We're gonna get everybody. On I'm the not show. gonna be able to speak during any of that, but that's fine, which is so strange because I should be the one that's like the most starstruck over Rick Nash. But actually, uh, I probably would be able to talk to Rick, and you're just gonna be like. What? I'm gonna revert to like my nine-year-old self that like was the world's biggest Rick Nash fan. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll both have our t-shirts on. He'll be like, "This is weird, guys." Bringing out the Rick Nash cup right now. Um. Yeah. I. So that's fascinating. Obviously, like I'm not rooting for this team to lose, but like if Anaheim wants to get like one extra point than we do, I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Out of curiosity, where did you think I was going with? I thought you were going to talk about us being dumb. (laughs) We might be going to jail, Um, (laughs) y'all. He's not joking either. (laughs) No, he is. Tax evasion doesn't work that way. You heard me right, folks. Tax evasion. I don't even know if we should talk about this on the show. I, as part of, subjectively speaking, we have an LLC. That might have been a bad idea. That might have been a bad idea. According to our temporary account, it was a bad idea. Not a good idea. And so, 
going to jail. No. Also, did you know, folks, did you know that business taxes are due in March and not April? Because we did it. Yeah, no, we certainly did not. So I went in today, which is also my fault. It's April 18th. It's the last day to file. <laughs> but I just wanted an extension. I was just like, bitch, I'm down bad. I <laughs> almost said that walking into this, you know, H&R Block. I was like, girly. Girly, it's bad. I just need an extension. Like, can I get a like? Yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those things where it's like, <laughs> like you're, emergency. Far, you're far from an extension. <laughs> no, he literally said, "You're late already," and I was like, "No," <laughs> like because I thought he just meant like I had to file by five p.m. for an extension. And he goes, "That was due March 15th. I said, "Shut up." <laughs> so we're going to jail. Um, so support the Laura and Jeremy don't go to jail fund. We'll have some sort of a merch sale. Keep us out of prison. Um, I don't think I'd do great in jail. Read between the lines. Laura also probably wouldn't do great in jail. Probably not for the same reason, but I just feel like she cries a lot. And I don't know if prison takes well to people who cry a lot. So um, you've got the tattoos. You've got tattoos, though. So I do. We're going to have a training to be stone cold. Yeah. Well, yeah. Survival technique. So that was our day. Uh. (laughs) Oh no! Yeah this uh, this episode uh, is called tax evasion. If you're curious, Um, (laughs) yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna get it figured out. And it's fine. Yeah, no, we're, we're actually going to be okay. We're not going anywhere. But if for some reason you hear of a podcast called, like, <laughs> like objectively speaking, randomly, and it's hosted by two really cute people like us, um, our doppelgangers, don't ask any questions. We did just fake our own death to not have to pay <laughs> taxes to the IRS. I'm going to get a letter about this episode, aren't I? I hope not. From the... Internal Revenue Service. I mean, fingers crossed, no. Yeah, but. and if I do, if I do, I do. It's going to be a really funny story a few years from now, folks. So, um, but so again, yeah. if you want to help us pay our penalty <laughs> for having late taxes, oh, I'm such a dummy. There are ways to help with that. We can give our Venmos, or you can buy merch. When we get to that point in the show. I'm screaming. They actually can't buy merch until I change it to be going to one of our PayPal's and not to the LLC's PayPal because we got <laughs> Anyway. I just want people to love us as much as they love that guy from Minnesota that they all Venmoed for flipping off of Vander Kane. And I know you love him just as much, Ryan Hartman. I know you're a big Ryan Hartman fan now. Oh, huge. I'm also a huge fan of Evander Kane's ex-wife. It's who also Venmo really cool. Ryan Hartman $200. Which I was also like, girl, you got more. Um, actually, probably not based on that situation. But um, but yeah, I just like the funniest of situations. Uh, and also, it ends up being a good cause. Like flipping off Evander Kane leads to Ryan Hartman taking every dollar that he's raised. He was fined $4,250. And raise over twenty five, I think, um, mm-hmm. and and he's donating all that to to a children's hospital in Minnesota. Like that's just cool. Like that ends up turning into a really good story, and and that's one of those things that like it stick taps for me to Ryan Hartman. Like that's just really cool. Well, and something I mean, something similar happens a couple of years ago in Columbus when Torts got fined. Yeah, twenty five thousand dollars for speaking the truth. Yeah, that is true. Wow, that was that was vicious. And all of that money, obviously, Torch didn't take any of that money, and he paid his debts like a grown ass man. Um, but all everything that was raised was donated to um, the uh, Hockey Hounds um, Pet Rescue Organization. So, I I will say, hockey players and hockey culture as a whole is usually pretty philanthropic which i think is kind of neat agreed so um speaking of philanthropy if you're looking to donate to your favorite podcast no (laughs) um god i'm so are we becoming (laughs) pick me bitches is that what's happening right now like but like with money um 
so the jackets they'll go up to wine country in fact uh <laughs> um laura you're telling me that a certain somebody with not a lot oh of yeah hair. yarmo took so they flew to san jose yeah. um last night and or this morning no i think it was last night and essentially yarmo left the team all, all the players in san jose um and then took the coaching staff on the plane to Napa Valley for just like a wine day and a team building. He called it a team building day. Uh, but really, I think they went to just a bunch of wineries. Um, and Jeremy and I were just envisioning Lars coming back on the plane, which is like a giant wine slushy. And just, you know, anytime someone questioned him about it, he was like, I earned this. I have to say, I went to go look this up on Twitter to find it because just like I hadn't seen it yet, and I need to desperately read read about this because it'll just bring me so much joy. But I typed in the word Yarmo, and I, just a lot of fins, just a lot and a lot of fins on my timeline right now. I mean, yeah, Yarmo posted a picture of all of them at the winery, one of the many wineries, I'm sure. Oh, that is content that I need. I need that. Let me run. To, is it because it's on Instagram? You know me and Instagram. Yeah. Me and Instagram don't get along. Is there a social media app that like y'all just like aren't good with? Because like for me, it's absolutely Instagram. I'm so bad at it. He really is. It's like, like yeah, Laura has explicitly been the only person to post on our. Every time I send him something on Instagram, it is literally just taking a gamble of how long it takes him to see it. So, and sometimes I, mean, I have really to be good. like, hey, I sent you this thing. I eat today. Yes, because I desperately want to go see Callum Scott, but his tour dates are the literal worst. I, here's my note to anybody who doesn't work in higher education. If, if you care about me, you'll stop scheduling shit in August. Like, you'll just stop. <laughs> Like, you'll just not do it anymore. Like, it is so hard to exist as a higher ed professional in, in the month of August. Now, I will say Grand Valley might be interesting because it it's, like, a few weeks later in August. Like, first day of classes is August 29th. So maybe the first part of August won't be as hellacious as it was when we worked in higher ed together and when I worked at OU. But, man. But still, it is kind of hard when I'm asking you to go to a concert the night before. Yeah, it's a little tough. It's a little tough. Still might pester you enough to, like... I don't know. It could be tough, brother. But, um, but yeah, the Jackets are in San Jose. They'll play the Sharks on Tuesday as you're listening to the show. That one's at 1030. So uh, fill up your cups of whatever you need to get through to about one or Ew. two. On Wednesday morning. They're going to go into like a shootout, aren't they? Now that you've said that, yeah, probably, asshole. Like, I just you've, manifested that. you've manifested that and it has to be true now. But it'll be a lot of fun to see how that one goes. I don't follow Yarmulke Kalinin on Instagram. That's sad of you. I do now. Um, and so... We'll follow along. We'll be tweeting until we pass out on Tuesday night. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun Blue Jackets hockey coming up. They've got uh, San Jose. Do they have another game before our next episode? No, our next game is Friday. Perfect. So we've only got one episode to cover on Thursday night when we record, so Friday's episode. Um, So, yeah, this one will be pretty easy going. Uh, so Laura, do you have anything else that's on your radar? Uh, just one more thing. Friday is the last hockey is for her, um, mm-hmm. specific event with the Blue Jackets. Um, and tickets for season ticket holders are $45 and I think $75 for non-season ticket holders. Um, and it includes like your game ticket and obviously entrance into the special event, which is featuring like some really cool um, uh, women in the hockey community here in Columbus, including the coach of the girls AAA, 
um, hockey team as well as a former sled hockey player um, and stuff like that. It was going to be really exciting to hear from them. And again, these events are just so cool and really help grow the game. So if you're looking for something fun and extra to do on Friday before the Blue Jackets play Ottawa, um, and like I said, it's the last one of the season because, you know, time's ticking. Don't have much longer to go in the season, which is kind of crazy. But that was really all that was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's same here. I, man, six games left. Six games left this season, y'all. Can you believe it? Oh, but we did find out that you're going to be here now. I am. The final home game. I am. That's like the most manic decision of my life personally. Um, But I will be there. I will be there. So y'all can come by and say hello if you see me. I will be very tired. (laughs) I can assure you that I will be a sleepy boy. But that'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to come down there and to to catch one last home game. It should have been on Friday. It should have been, yes. Bastards. Anyway, where where can they follow us? <laughs> that was my least elegant transition into that. Yeah, that was um, really rough. Um, yeah, no, really you can you can follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. We are on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Um, if you want to check out our super cool websites and learn a little bit more about Jeremy and I, you can go to subjectivelyspeaking.com. Uh, like we mentioned earlier in our begging for money segment, uh, if you want to help support your two uh, potential, uh, your two favorite uh, podcasters slash future inmates, um, you can <laughs> you can go to our merch store and buy yourself some cool stuff to help pay our tax fees and oh, potentially no. bail. Uh, <laughs> and that is subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It's our favorite number. Um, and again, we're not sure why it matters, but it does, and it helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and yeah other than that we just love and appreciate you all so much and i feel like i need to stop signing off on the episode by saying and we'll catch you on whatever the date of our next release is because really the next episode might come out when we're next released so (laughs) um um, until next time uh take care of yourselves Um, Pay your fucking taxes, and we will talk to you all, fingers crossed, on Friday. Bye. I hate it.